You are listening to DNA Discoveries. I'm Edward Looney. I am speaking today with another person named Beth. If you go to the podcast episodes, you'll see two episodes with the title Beth and Beth. But this is, of course, a different Beth. And today, February 24th, as this episode releases, is actually the anniversary of the finding and meeting of these two siblings. Beth found me on Facebook. Her search angel recommended my podcast to her. And then she reached out to me and said that she loved listening to all the stories and wanted to share her own story. You can do the same thing if you have a similar story and account. I would invite you to please reach out to me through dnadiscoveries.fireside.fm. There's a contact form there. Or you can email dnadiscoveriespodcast at gmail.com. And I will respond as soon as I'm able. Many of you have already done that. There are several episodes lined up for months to come, but I would love to share your story too. So I look forward to hearing from you. And now let's listen to Beth's story. Today on DNA Discoveries, I am speaking with Beth and she found her brother through one of these autosomal DNA test kits. And I'm very delighted to learn her story and to share it with all of you in the D DNA Discoveries audience. And I hope that maybe if you have a story of finding family, you might reach out to me like Beth did and say, I want to share my story on your podcast and we can have a conversation just like I am going to have with Beth today. So thanks so much, Beth, for taking time out of your busy day to share this story of family discovery. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to share our story. I, I think always kind of at the very beginning of one of these conversations, it's important for, for me, it's also important for the listener to kind of get the family of origin story. So could you kind of set the scene of what your family was like as you were growing up and the situation you were born into and how this story really begins? Sure, absolutely. Um, so. I grew up in um, a suburb south of Boston, um, a town called Weymouth. I grew up right on the beach, and I was raised with my mother, Maureen, two younger brothers, and my mother's husband, who I was told was my father. Um, his name was Toby, and I always knew him as my father. Um, they divorced, it was not a good relationship. There was some alcohol abuse. There was some, you know, um, I'd say some neglect, some emotional abuse. Uh, things were kind of hectic, chaotic. We had amazing grandparents who lived just a couple streets over, um, that we spent a lot of time with. My grandparents were the most amazing people. And I would say they provided me the most normalcy and stability and love and acceptance in my life. Um, I wouldn't be who I am without, you know, who they had been in my life. My mother and Toby divorced when I was about 12 years old. And I had heard rumor. Um, I'm not quite sure who first told me, but somebody had told me, and I think I had found like old letters in her old bedroom at my grandparents' house um that caused me to question um 
because by that time, Toby and I had a very volatile relationship, um, caused me to question. And I asked her, you know, when I was probably about 14 or so, is Toby my biological father? And she told me at that time, of course he is. Why would you ask me that? And I said, you know, because I found these letters, because I found this, because this person said that. And she told me at that time um, that, and I was young, I didn't know that this didn't make sense. She told me that they were not married when I was born. So her maiden name was on my birth certificate and that he had adopted me to change my last name. Um, but that, yes, he was my biological father. Um, I didn't know that that wasn't quite a thing. <laughs> I was too young to realize, wait a minute, that doesn't make sense. Um, so a few years later, and I clearly remember this, um, I hadn't had any contact with him in several years. My mother sat me down, took me out for breakfast, sat me down in a restaurant and said, you know, I have to talk to you about something. And she said, it's about your father. And I, at that point, was refusing to even refer to Toby as my father because I had such a bad relationship with him. And so I immediately just said, he's not my father. And she didn't respond. And I stopped and I looked up at her and I said, he's not my father, is he? And she said, he's not your biological father. And I was like, wow. And I kind of looked at her. I said, I want you to know right now that I will never forgive you. You lied to me for 17 years. I will never forgive you. Um, at that point in time, I asked her who my father was. And she gave me a name. Um, we're going to call him Peter. <laughs> she gave me the name Peter. And I asked Peter's last name. And she refused to tell me. And I said, are you 100% sure? Is there any doubt in your mind that Peter is my father? She said, Peter is absolutely 100% your father. There is no doubt in my mind. Um, and I said, well, I want to know who he is. I want to know about him. And she said, do we really need to talk about this? And that was kind of her go-to thing. Do we really need to talk about this? And I said, yes, we do need to talk about this. She wouldn't give me any information. Um, sometime later down the line, she did give me a last name. Um, and I asked her again, are you 100% sure this is my father? And she told me yes. So a dear friend of mine, Jessica, we tracked down Peter. Hmm. We went, um, we found him, we peeked at his house, <laughs> you know, we looked him up online. And so, you know, there wasn't much social media back then, um, but we found Peter and I called him on the phone and I told him the story my mother had given me. Um, and he was very, very kind to me. He was very nice to me. Um, and he told me, I am absolutely the person your mother is talking about. I did live here. I did work there. I, it is clear that she knew me. Do you know if she ever told me she was pregnant? And I said, from what I was told, you know, she told you, you wanted to be part of the situation and she 
chose not to have you involved. Um, and he said, I don't know if that's true. He said, I don't think I would have walked away from that. And he said, um, he actually came down to the house to look at pictures of my mother in high school. And at that point in time, he told me, I have no reason to doubt what your mother is saying. She clearly knows me. He said that he had come back from Vietnam. It was a very dark point in his life, that there were a lot of blank memories, but that he honestly did not remember my mother. And I said, okay. Um, I think we exchanged Christmas cards that year. Um, I sent him a picture when my son was born and that was really about it. You know, he was married, he had two young children, uh, super nice guy. I wasn't looking for anything from him and that was it. So it seems that Toby was kind of a person of convenience, obviously, mm -hmm. because you were living in the same home with him. That's who your mother was with. And so she went with that for a very long time. Then she kind of redirects you to this guy named Peter. Do you think that she did this full-hearted believing that he was the father? Or was this Peter just supposed to be a distraction kind of in this whole search? Did she not think or fathom that you would seek out Peter? I don't think she did. Um, I don't think she thought I would. I think that because I had such a volatile relationship with Toby, I think some part of her says, okay, I guess I better tell the truth now. Um, but as the story continues, there was a lot more truth than she told at that point in time. Um, years later, I ran into an old high school friend of hers. Um, we're talking early 90s at this point. I ran into an old high school friend of hers and we got to chit chatting and she said something about, you know, oh, your father. I said, oh. It's okay. I know Toby's not my father. You know, I've known that since I was 17 years old. And she says, oh, she finally told you. And I said, mm -hmm. I said, yeah, I said, I actually tracked down Peter and met him. She said, who? I said, Peter. And she said, I don't know who the hell Peter is, but he's not your father. And I went, what? <laughs> you know? mm -hmm. So she gave me a story about who she remembered my mother being with at that time. At that point, I went back to my mother and I said, hey, ran into your old friend and, um, you know, told her, relayed the information to her. She said, don't listen to her. She's a troublemaker. And I said, well, I asked you years ago, were you 100% sure that Peter was my father? And you said, yes, I'm asking you again. Are you 100% sure? And she said, I'm 95% sure. Do we even need to talk about that? I said, yes, we do. <laughs> um, and she refused to have the conversation. She wouldn't give me any information. Um, it was just a few years after that, that her and I's relationship came to an end. Um, we had, you know, no contact um, over some other, you know, personal things. Uh, we never had a great relationship anyway. But so we went no contact. Um, and at some point in time when ancestry DNA became a thing, you know, and it started getting popular and people started, you know, I started, you know, hearing these different stories. I, you know, talked with my friend. I said, you know, hey, 
maybe I'll do one of these, you know, maybe I'll do one of these, you know, um, I had remembered Peter had told me that he had been adopted. So I was like, you know, okay, so it'll, you know, maybe I'll be able to find some, find out what nationality I am and things like that and find out some different, um, some different things. I was a little nervous that because his children were grown now, um, I was a little nervous. I did not want to disrupt his life in any way if it somehow connected back to him. Um, but I went ahead and did the test anyway. And it came back. Um, uh, I was able to quickly and easily um, separate my mother's side from my father's side by knowing my grandparents' relatives and things like that. My highest match came back on my father's side. And it was a woman pretty close to my age in New York City. And so I reached out to her and I'm like, you know, hey, you know, can we chat? Um, and we chatted a little bit and she couldn't really figure out much. Um, she gave me some history on, you know, her mother, her father. She told me that her father, that her grandfather was unknown, um, that she didn't really know much about him, her father's father. And you know, we, we kept in touch a little bit, um, but I wasn't able to figure things out. I messaged a lot of different people that I was now able to connect to being on my father's side. Um, some of them were very helpful. There was one lady named Mary. She was fabulous. She gave me the whole breakdown of her whole mother's side, her whole father's side. She gave me names, dates, places. She gave me everything. None of the names, dates, places were familiar to me in any way. Um, so I was kind of at a standstill, you know, I kind of researched everything I could figure out from that point in time. And I was like, okay, you know, I guess this is as far as this goes. I didn't know anything about search angels or anything like that. So, uh, did you keep searching then with the presumption that Peter was your father? And so you're trying to trace everybody back to him? Um, or were you operating I... from the idea that, well, maybe Peter isn't my father, and so I'm keeping an open mind of tracing these people? I had an open mind. Um, I had an open mind about it because I now knew that she was only, in her words, 95% sure. So I was figuring I would most likely eventually find a connection to Peter, but I wasn't going to be shocked if that wasn't the connection I found. Um, but either way, we kind of didn't know what next steps to take. And, you know, the, uh, initial excitement of it all kind of went dry. There wasn't really much going on. And if this and, was the beginning stages of ancestry DNA, their databases didn't have as many people with, right. you know, test kits that have been processed or, and when I single out ancestry DNA, I think you mentioned that one, but of course there are other test kits, 23andMe. Uh, my heritage, others out there, other autosomal DNA test kits. So, um, but then as time goes on, I'm sure this is how the picture becomes a bit more clear because more people are doing it, more people are being gifted them at mm -hmm. holidays or whatever. Or people get them around St. Patrick's Day to find out if they're Irish, whatever. <laughs> right. And, and so when there's more people, well, then that puts your puzzle a little more together. 
And that's the way we spoke of it. Um, it was my dear friend, Jan, who was real into doing the ancestry, who had kind of helped me navigate the test and kind of showed me what the green chart meant and what CMs meant. And, you know, so she was um, an owner on my account as well. Um, and yeah, so we just kind of, we just kind of didn't really do much with it. And it was probably about a year, a year and a half that we really hadn't done much of anything with it. Um, and all of a sudden one day, you know, I'm out with a friend of mine, um, and I'm driving and I get a phone call and it's my friend Jan and she's all excited and she's like freaking out, you know, and she's like, you have a new match, you have a new match and it's a close match. It's closer than the one in New York. And I think you have a brother. And I'm like, a what? <laughs> you know, like, what are you talking about? You know? And I was like completely caught off guard. I'm like, huh? A what? <laughs> you know? And I said, she's like, I haven't really delved into it yet. I haven't really gone down the rabbit hole yet. I'm like, okay, uh, I'm out right now. I'm doing errands, you know, see what you can figure out and call me back. And uh, I said, what, who, who? She goes, I don't know, some guy named Lee Flaherty. And I said, all right, all right, figure something out and call me back. And um, I had got, I got off the phone with her and it must've been like, Two minutes later, um, I get a notification on my phone that I have a new friend request on my Facebook. Uh, <laughs> I hate friend requests. I'm like, I don't know you. Don't friend request me. You know. <laughs> um, so I get a new friend request. I'm like, who the heck is Lee Flaherty? And I said, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> you know, that's the name that Jan just gave me. And then I get a um, message notification, and it's from Lee Flaherty. And I was like, you know, I like lost my breath for a second. Um, and I open it and it says, um, hi, Ancestry DNA puts us as a close match. I think we should talk. Can you call me? And it gives a phone number. And I was like, you know, it was just like, oh, goodness, what do I do with this? You know what? Wow. Okay. Absorb for a second. Breathe for a second. I'm like, okay. And for some reason, the first thing I thought of was, where is this area code, this phone number? Where is this man? And so I looked up the area code and he was in Maine and I was in Massachusetts. And I'm like, okay. I'm like, breathe. <laughs> you know? I'm like, call this man back. So I called him and he answered and, you know, he, you know, this kind of rough voice, you know, um, and he answered and, you know, I said, hi, you know, I said, and we just talked for a brief second. And I said, well, I did Ancestry DNA because I never knew who my father was. And he said, I do. I said, what? He said, if this is all what it's looking to be, and I believe it is, I was raised by him. And I immediately said, what's his name? And he said, his name is Atha. And I'm like, okay, I'm like, where is he? And he said, I don't want to scare you. I said, I don't scare easily. And he just, he kind of giggled. He said, okay. He goes, and he said to me, let's make an agreement then. I said, okay. He says, I will always from this minute forward, tell you the absolute honest truth and I will never shelter you from the reality. And I said, 
okay. I said, I appreciate that. That's what I want. And he told me that Arthur had died of a drug overdose about 20 years prior. And I said, okay, you know, and that didn't freak me out. But again, you know, he had no idea who I was. I had no idea who he was. You know, I didn't know what kind of person he was. He didn't know what kind of person I was and whether, you know, that type of knowledge would um, scare me or freak me out or anything like that. And I said, okay. I said, you know, my mother, and I told him a little bit. And so he said to me, did your mother ever hang out with bikers? And I laughed. I said, my mom? You know, he said, yeah, I said, no, <laughs> not, not to my knowledge. He said, well, he's like, Arthur was a hardcore biker and he rode with a club. And I'm like, and my mother was hanging out with somebody like that. Um, and so we ended up, we stayed on the phone that for about two hours, um, just talking about all kinds of different things. Um, and Later on that day, later on, he, you know, oh, he had said to me, he said, you know, where are you from? I said, I live just south of Boston in Weymouth. And he said, I lived in Weymouth when I was a little boy. I live in Maine now. I'm like, you lived in Weymouth when you were a little boy? And I was like, whoa, you know, all the skeletons are coming out of the closet, you know, really kind of freaked me out. Um, he said to me, can you come here? And I, I said, what? I said, you know, it's a Sunday night. I got to work in the morning. I don't think I can come to Maine tonight. It was, you know, about seven o'clock at night. And he said, no, he's like, I'm not in Maine right now. He goes, but my son has school tomorrow and I have to get back. I said, wait a minute, you have a son? And he started laughing. He said, I have four children. I said, I have nieces and nephews. I was like blown away. And then he told me that he was at his girlfriend's house in Rockland. And that's where he spent weekends. When I got the friend request and the message from him, I was driving through Rockland. I was in Rockland Center. I was one mile away from my brother. Wow. It was crazy. He could have been anywhere in the world. He was literally less than a mile from me at that exact moment. And that always stuck with me so big. Um, it was crazy. And I think it's funny that, you know, you mentioned friend requests and how you hate friend requests and whatnot. And uh, it, For me, when I found my cousin, uh, it was, uh, we were talking on Ancestry DNA. And then I said, well, why don't you find me on Facebook and we can move over to Messenger? So here she is sending me a friend request on Facebook and I'm the bozo that I'm like, well, who is this person? I don't know anybody with this name and I don't accept for like a week. And then she messages again and she's like, I sent you a friend request. but <laughs> yeah, I'm like, oh, that's who that was because it had her maiden name and not her married yep. name and whatnot. So, so that was why I, I was a little confused, but uh, so that's friend requests, uh, that <laughs> yeah. kind of, you know, kind of that, that resonated with me a little bit, but I think it's interesting as you share a little bit in your story, just that as you were talking with him, 
you know, he knows who his father was. He was raised by him. And so now here you are, you're on the other end and you're like, I don't know who my father is. I thought it was mm -hmm. Toby. I thought it was Peter. And so, so what do you do? You ask, well, what's his name? Like, that's what you wanted. You wanted to know who he was and, and so yeah. able to give you that answer. And then kind of, uh, yeah, it's just kind of an awe-inspiring story. The fact that you realize, oh my gosh, I have all of this expanded family now. I have nieces, I have nephews. It was crazy. <laughs> and you were able to be there right there. And you were able to go and see him right away. Not, you know, a lot of times I think it took me a month to go meet my cousin in person, have lunch, whatever, because I live three hours away. And mm -hmm. so, but you were right there. And that very day you make that connection. And yep. I don't think that happens all that often. It doesn't. And as I, and it's funny that you say that because as I pulled down the driveway, you know, and, you know, it was, it was dark, it was snowy. Um, and I said to myself, what am I doing? No, this person, I don't know where I'm going. I don't know what I'm walking into. I don't know if this is a safe environment. I don't know anything. So I, as I was pulling, I never thought about that as I was driving there, but as I was pulling in the driveway, I kind of went, okay, what am I doing? <laughs> you know, And out comes this man, you know, in, in his, in his, still in his work clothes, you know, he did construction and, you know, he's this, you know, big, you know, burly, rough, rugged biker dude and handsome, handsome as the day is long. Uh, but he's this, you know, big, you know, rough guy. And he puts his arms around me and he hugs me and there was tears on his cheeks. And he said, I have a little sister. And I just like everything. And I'll tell you for the next like three weeks, every single emotion that could possibly be felt, any emotion that a name could be put to, I felt it was like a roller coaster. I was excited. I was sad. I was terrified. I was angry. I was optimistic. I was scared. I was frustrated. I was, I was so many different things. It was just this whirlwind. Um, you know, I went in the house with them and we sat down and we started talking and, um, one thing that was, that was pretty wild, we started talking and he, um, I said, tell me about your children. Tell me about my nieces and nephews. And, you know, he told me about each one of them. And actually I had met Hunter. Um, Hunter was 11 years old at the time. And as I'm driving to the house, I'm like, oh, I got to bring this kid something. I stopped and bought like Pokemon cards and Reese's peanut butter cups. And I told this little boy, I said, I have 11 years of spoiling to make up for. And I'll tell you now, four years later, he still throws that back in my face <laughs> when he wants something. He's like, auntie, you still got this many years of spoiling to make up for. <laughs> But so he started telling me um, different things and he told me about my nephew, Christopher. And he said that Christopher had a lot of medical problems since he was born and that he was, you know, really not in good shape medically. I said, what, you know, what's wrong with him? And he said that he had sickle cell anemia. And I said, sickle cell anemia. And he said, 
yeah, he's like me and all the other kids have sickle cell trait. And it's really crazy because we're Caucasian and Caucasian people don't get, I stopped him. I said, I know exactly what you're talking about because I have it too. Mm. And he laughed and he said, welcome to the family, sis. (laughs) So we have this um, genetic blood disorder that Caucasian people very, very, very rarely get. Um, It's like one in a million. Uh, And we all have it. And Christopher, unfortunately, has full-blown sickle cell anemia. So it's, um, he has a lot of medical challenges. But so that was pretty wild to make that connection. Um, Lori, my sister-in-law, told us later that, like, the next day or whatever, because she just kind of sat back real quiet and just kind of watched everything. And she told us later, she says that she was blown away by our mannerisms and our expressions and our body language and how much alike we were. She said it was just wild to watch. It's um, a very common thing you hear. And even is it? my cousin's husband said, you know, I watched the two of you and listened to the both of you. And mm-hmm. they're like, you're, you're so alike and you just met. And uh, I, I've heard that in other conversations I've had on this podcast. So, so that's, you're not alone with that. Yeah, it was it was wild. She um, she noticed that. And during um, that first meeting, Karen, Lori's mother, who had given Lee the ancestry test, she had like been sending, you know, text messages going, OK, now don't contact her yet. Let me do some looking. And, you know, she might get nervous. So you don't want to scare away. Let's screenshot everything. And Lori's like, um, she's sitting here in the living room. <laughs> and Karen was like, she's what? You know, and then. um. At one point, um, Lee's mother called and Lee said, you know, mom, you're never going to believe who I'm sitting here with. And she's like, oh, who? And he says, Arthur's daughter. I have a little sister. And it took him a minute to after he got she cut the conversation pretty short and it took him a minute. And then he went, wow, I didn't realize what I just did. And we were like, what? He said judging by when you're born and when you were conceived and this and that, my mother and father were still married and still together. He had to have cheated on my mother with your mother. So it took Kate a little bit of time to come around um, to, you know, absorb that shock. Her thought, you know, what she had told us later was, um, she always expected that he had cheated. She never imagined that he had fathered a child. Mm. Um, she's very kind to me now. Um, Lee has an older sister on his mother's side. Mimi Mimi is unbelievably kind to me. Um, you know, Lori's family, not only did they, Lee and Lori had only been together about six months when this happened. Not only did they embrace Lee, all his children, they embraced me, all my children. Um, and just brought us right into this family that neither one of us had ever really had, you know, um, we didn't have very good relationships with our parents. I had raised my children without having any family, you know, so, um, he had raised his children as a single father was far away from his mother. Arthur had died years ago. 
So for us to be brought into this huge, close-knit, wonderful, loving family, um, still some days it kind of throws us. We kind of go, wow, this this is this is really cool, <laughs> you know. Um, so the extended family that we found through Lori was amazing. For for me, I didn't really have any family. My mother was an only child, my grandma was an only child. This is on my mother's side. My father's side, I was very estranged from, don't have much communication with. So, so there's relations there, but you know, someone held a gun to my head and said, if you can name relatives on your father's side, uh, you can save your life. I, I would die, you know. Right. So um, I, I don't have those answers. But uh, so when the cousin enters into my life, well, that's like newfound family, didn't have that before. So, you know, we've done vacations together, we've done holidays together. So, so it's been great. Uh, to have that sense of new family. And, and sometimes, you know, to me, it's it's unreal as well, just as it was for you. And uh, as you make this discovery, then, uh, do you go back and tell your mother, hey, I know Toby's not my father. I know Peter's not my father. But do you know who is my father? A guy named Arthur. Uh, did, how does she receive that news? At that point in time, I did not. Um... So that was, gosh, it was four, well, it be four years, the 24th of this month that Lee and I found each other. At that point in time, I, I was very public on social media about finding a brother. Everybody I knew, knew I found a brother. We actually had a huge party in a local place. Um, it's a boy, it's a girl with pink and everything else. And they invited everybody I knew, everybody he knew. Um, it was never kept secret, but I also didn't want to share my joy and my excitement and my getting to know my brother and my nieces and nephews. I didn't want to share that with her. It wasn't her business. It wasn't her place. Um, her and I didn't speak anyway. And I figured maybe somebody would probably end up telling her, but I didn't care. It was, I, I wasn't going to share that with her. Um, so I didn't, and a lot of time went by. We, um, we found out that the house he had lived in was practically across the street. It was maybe a two minute walk from the house I lived in. He was that close to me when I was a baby, which made me even more angry at her. Um, you know, I could picture, I would create these pictures in my mind of, you know, her pushing me down the stro down the road in a stroller and my brother out in the yard playing and, you know, it would, and I would just get angry. And I didn't want to share this joy and this excitement and this happiness with that negativity. Um, we, we were, we were blown away finding out so many times that we could have met each other we found mutual people that we both knew we found events that Lori and i had both been to we found out that my stepdaughter was close friends with Lori's dog walker and had went to Lori's house with the dog walker and walked the dogs in the same house that my brother was spending weekends um we there were so many times that we our paths could have crossed it was crazy 
but we were just really focusing on, I, th- I think we talked every single day for months and months and months and about three weeks. So, oh, I should circle back to that. Right when we met, um, they were in the process of fixing up Lori's house and they were going to rent it out and she was going to move to Maine. Um, about three weeks after we met, Lee called me and he said, I've been thinking about something. I said, why? What's up? He said, what the hell am I doing in Maine? I said, what are you talking about? He said, you're here. I said, okay, I like where this is going. (laughs) And he said, what if we flip the script? What if we fix up the house in Maine and rent it out and me and Hunter and Aaron move here? And within a month's time, that's what they did. him and my nephew and my niece moved to Massachusetts, uh, moved 10 minutes away from me so that we could be a family. Um, So to circle back to um, asking about my mother, it was several years later and I knew what I was gonna say to her when I saw her. You know, and we live in the same town, so I would occasionally see her in public. I knew what I was going to say to her when I saw her. It wasn't kind. Um, I did see her not this past summer, last summer um, down the beach. And I walked up to her. She was sitting on a bench and I sat down beside her. And um, I'll I'll just say it. (laughs) You know, I said, did you think you were Arthur Flaherty's girlfriend or did you always know you were just his whore? And she went, what? And I repeated it. And she said, who's Arthur Flaherty? I said, oh, is that, is that the game we're going to play? <laughs> you know? And I said, you know, he's my damn father. And she said, I have no idea who that is. And I said, oh, okay, that's nice. And so I, you know, laid it all out there to her, tell her, told her, you know, how she knew him, where she knew him from, who was around at that point in her life. And then I laid it out there, very angry. A lot of anger came out um, that I spent my whole life not knowing my brother because of her lies. Um it was not a nice conversation. It was, I put a lot out there, a lot, many, many, many years of anger, of resentment, of emotion, of sadness, of regret. So much came out in that conversation. Um, and it came across very, very much anger. Um, you know, part of me wanted to hurt her because I had been so hurt. Mm. Um, but I also wanted to let her know that you know, I had my brother now and, you know, and he was wonderful and he was amazing and he was the most incredible brother and he was the most incredible uncle to my children. And it just, uh, so at that point, she told me she remembered Arthur. She knew who he was. She said, oh yeah, he rode a motorcycle, da, 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 da. And, you know, and I, you know, she said, oh, he was married. He was married to a woman named Kathy. And, you know, they had a daughter and she even said Mimi's name. And she said, and then they had another baby. I said, yeah, my effing brother, you know. Um, and she said, but he's not your father. I said, oh, here we go. I said, you know what? Why don't you just put it all out there? Why don't you just tell me all the possibilities of who is? 
And that day she gave me two more names. Um, John and Tommy. And I was like, are you serious right now? Are you serious? She told me that you already have empirical data that suggests <laughs> and confirms that mm -hmm. Arthur is your father. You have this medical condition that his whole family shares, yep. sickle cell anemia. So there's there's no denying it. I, it's just incredible that she would keep denying it. I told her the common phrase, DNA doesn't lie, people do. I said, Arthur Flaherty is my father. And I said to her, you know, I proposed a scenario to her. I said, okay, so you're... You're telling me that of the billions of people in the world, ancestry DNA happened to get it wrong, but just coincidentally pulled up a man whose father whose father you knew, you remember, you partied with, you had you had friends with, you were at his house. They just coincidentally got that wrong. I said, Do you think it's possible, just just possible that maybe you had too much to drink one night, you know, or something like that and partied it up and blacked out and were intimate with him and don't remember. Do you think that's a possibility? Do you think that's a more likely scenario if you're saying that you never had any kind of a relationship with him? She said, no, 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 absolutely not. I was never with him. And I'm like, wow. And it just made me more angry. I said, so, you know, and by this time, um, Karen had had all my nieces and nephews test and everything else. And, you know, of course, they all come up as all my nieces and nephews. Um, and she just, she refuses. She refuses to acknowledge it. She refuses to admit it. And I just have to let that go. Well, I have to let it go. Yeah. Well, instead of focusing on something so negative, let's go back to this. He moved from Maine to Massachusetts to yep. be closer to you so that you could be a family. Those are your words. And uh, just maybe share, how have you been a family? So you made this discovery. And uh, what's it been like now in the in the months, years that have followed? Uh, and, and how do you live as a family since you live close <sighs> together now? It is unreal. Um, so we met in February. Um, that first Christmas, you know, when we were talking about what we wanted for Christmas, um, I told him, I want to wake up on Christmas morning and open presents with my big brother. So Christmas Eve, <laughs> him and Lori and the kids and everybody packed up everything, all the presents, all the gifts, all the everything, and came down and spent the night at my house so that we could all open presents together on Christmas morning. And that was it was just it was just amazing um we we vacation together we do di family dinners together um birthday parties just everything we're on the phone all the time you know we got the family group texts going on um even things like my it was snowing one night and my daughter was sliding all, all over the place and she was scared to drive. And she's like, mom, is there any way you can come get me and drive my car home? And I said, yeah, because I can call your uncle and he'll bring me to get you, you know, and it was 11 o'clock at night. And, you know, I called my brother and he said, where are you? I'll be right there, you know, to have somebody be able to just be there, 
you know, we, uh, we went and saw Elton John together. We, you know, we do, we just, um, we're going to a beekeeping class together. <laughs> you know, we just, it's just, it's like we knew each other all along. There was never any awkwardness. We we're just, we're just a family. Um, when him and Lori, when he told me that him and Lori were going to get married, um, you know, he's like, so I got something to tell you, me and Lori are going to get married. And I just, it just immediately came out of my mouth. I didn't even think about it. I said, and I'm going to perform the wedding ceremony. And he started laughing. He said, you're damn right. You are. I said, wait a minute. Really? He goes, can you do that? I said, I don't know. <laughs> I said, but we can figure it out. He's like, yeah, let's do it. So I got licensed to perform weddings in the state of Massachusetts and I married my brother and his wife. Oh, yeah. We had a beautiful, small, intimate wedding ceremony on the top of a mountain. Um, and yeah, I performed their wedding ceremony. I cried the whole time. It was amazing. Uh, just everything has been just so, it's just so like, wow, so this is what things are supposed to be like, you know, and I never knew what things were supposed to be like, you know, and it, so it was just, it was great. We, um, we did circle back to uh, the Ancestry page and the woman in New York and the old messages. And I happened to look back at that message from the woman, Mary, who had given me all these names. Um, sure enough, my father's name was right there. Hmm. Um, my grandmother was her cousin and she had said, you know, Mary Jo Flaherty, her son, Arthur. And I went, wow, you know, and I messaged her. I'm like, you're never going to believe this. <laughs> you know? uh, so we talked a little bit. Um, Lisa ended up being, and Karen really delved into this to figure it all out. Um, we ended up figuring out the rest of the pieces of the puzzle so Arthur's father was a man named Robert and Robert had Arthur here in Boston. We, Karen, Karen's an amazing search angel. She's unreal. She was able to track it. He went to New York, married a woman in New York and had a son, Robert Jr., which was Lisa's father. And then he went, he sent word, he left and he sent word somehow through somebody to that wife that he had been killed. Um, he went to Canada, slightly altered dates and lettering on a new marriage certificate and married a woman in Canada and had five children with her. Um, the youngest being a few years younger than me. So we have an uncle that's a few years younger than me. Um, we contacted, you know, all that family in Canada. Um, we do chit chat with them um, over Facebook here and there. Um, we, you know, Jason, Jason and I connect really well on music, um, things like that. We, you know, so one of these days, maybe we'll get to Canada and meet them, but it was nice to be able to put all the pieces of that puzzle together. You know, it like just, just to know who we are, where we came from, things like that. Um, it was, it's just, it's been an amazing journey. It really has. 
I want to go back to the very beginning where you mentioned this Peter guy. We've talked about him a little bit. So uh, I'm curious if you go back to him now and you say, hey, I know I came to you a number of years ago. Mm-hmm. I said, my mom thought you were my father, but I want to let you know that you aren't. I did. I did. Okay. Um, with it, one of the very first feelings I had with that big, huge range of emotions that I spoke of was, wow, I invaded this man's life. I threw a loop into his marriage. I, you know, um, Mm. and I know I haven't been in touch with him in, you know, 30 years, but still I need to tell him. Um, So I wrote him a letter um, within three days of finding Lee and apologized to him that it had taken me three days, um, you know, telling him that I was very sorry that the lies my mother had told had um, impacted his life and that I appreciated all the kindness that he had shown me years ago um, and that I did now know who my father was. Um, I told him who my father was, you know, told him his name and everything else and told him that he had passed and that, you know, I was building a relationship with my brother and just told him I was sincerely, sincerely sorry um, for any upset that I had ever brought into his life. Um, And I mailed that letter and I never heard back. I did not expect to. Um, I would have been surprised if I did, you know, but. I felt, you know, that I had made amends where I needed to as far as letting him know. Yeah. And, you know, do you need to make amends really? Or was it really you're making amends for your mother's sake? You Mm -hmm. know, because she's the one that sends you down that rabbit hole. So, yeah, well, this is such a a beautiful story of finding family. And uh, I think that there's encouragement to people who might be in a similar situation that, that you know, as they hear your story, you know, they don't give up, they keep looking. And uh, and mm-hmm. ultimately when you find what it is that you're looking for, you can have a great outcome like this. Of course, there are stories where people are rejected and such. So I don't want mm-hmm. to a bow on everybody's story where maybe it's not there, but uh, th- I think this gives people a reason to search. And if there's someone out there who is trying to find their father or their family, uh, what kind of encouragement would you give to them? Um, I definitely, you know, seeing all the DNA groups and having a few friends and things like that have, that have gone down similar journeys. Um, my friend Jessica gave me wonderful advice when we were looking for Peter. Um, she said, you can't have any expectations, you know, and if you're going to have any expectations, expect that these people are going to tell you, you know, that they don't want any communication or contact. Um, But that also know that, you know, even though, like you said, not everything is going to be tied up with a bow, not everything is going to be, not every outcome is going to be like Lee and I's, but some of them are. Some of them are going to be like ours. Um, I've said it a million times, and I don't know how else to put it, that if somebody put 50 men in a room and said, you can pick whichever one you want to be your big brother, I'd look right at him and I'd say, I want that one. (laughs) You know, um, he is 
he is perfect. He is he's perfectly imperfect. He is the perfect brother for me. He could have been anybody. He could have been, you know, he could have been this rich hoity-toity Wall Street guy. He could have been, you know, some weirdo. <laughs> he, he could have been on the other side of the world. He could have been anywhere. He could have been anybody. And he's my brother. And he's right here. He's here with me, you know. Um, so, I do encourage people to search until they find their answers. The answers may not always be what they hope for, but the answers are out there. Um, you know, join the DNA groups, you know, talk to people, like dig, <laughs> dig a lot, you know. Uh, it took a long time, you know, like I said, we had that kind of blank spot where we didn't have any other pieces to fit into the puzzle. And then all of a sudden, whoa, here's another piece. And that other piece opened up everything. So you just got to keep looking, you know, maybe some time will go by, but the answers are out there and the technology and the DNA and the databases, the answers are out there and they can be found. It's, it's hard, but they're there. <laughs> well, I'm so grateful that you reached out to me on Facebook. You sought me out uh, you have been a listener to the show. Your search angel actually was the one that referred you, said, yes. hey, listen to some of these stories. And uh, that's wonderful. I am very honored by recommendations and, and that people listen and people want to share their stories. And this podcast can only exist when people like you come forward and say, I have a story and I want to share it with so many others to provide hope and encouragement to others who are looking for their answer. So thanks so much. Uh, for, You're for very people. welcome. And as we talked about, Lee would love to put a part two to this story, you know, to um, do it from his perspective, from the opposite side. So yeah, anytime. I definitely think that could happen. And maybe that'll be next month. Maybe we'll have part two, just his Very cool. Yeah. Uh, as we, we would love that. share these stories. So thanks so much. Thank you so much, Edward. I really appreciate everything you do. Your podcast is wonderful. Thank you for listening to DNA Discoveries today. If you enjoyed Beth's story, I invite you to share this podcast with someone who might appreciate it as well. Maybe someone you know who has been in a similar situation of finding family. If you also don't mind, I would encourage you to please rate and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen so that others might find this podcast as well. I'm very honored to be a part of people sharing their stories about finding family. And I look forward to being back with you next month on DNA Discoveries.